Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Badland Girls. I'm Destiny. And I'm Rhea. How you doing, Rhea? I am doing a lot better than I was yesterday, which is good. <laughs> what happened yesterday? Oh no. Well, nothing bad happened, but on Thursday, I got the COVID vaccine. Yay! Yay! And on Friday, I experienced the side effects of the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Yay! Oh, no. <laughs> it wasn't as, like, I didn't feel sick or anything or feverish. I was just really tired and I could not keep my eyes open. And so I spent the whole day in bed just sleeping. Oh, no. I'm worried. Which one did you get? Uh, I got the baby shampoo one, Johnson & Johnson. Oh, okay. You know what? I think that one is just really tough on people. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I've never, I've heard nothing but horror stories about side effects of that one. Yeah, I've heard that like a lot of people uh, get like knocked down for like a day. I'm wondering if it, that's if it's. Uh, I'm wondering if it's because it's one dose. I'm thinking that's it. That's got to be it, right? Yeah, it has to be. But that was my only side effect, though. It was just extreme fatigue. Oh, I'm glad that it was only fatigue, because I have a friend that got, like, stomach ill. Ooh, no. God, that's terrible. Yeah, and it lasted days, so... Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm getting the Pfizer tomorrow, my first dose. Nice. I'm, I'm hype. Pfizer. 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 It was weird because I, uh, when they injected me, um, there was, uh, it hurt really bad for me. Like Mm -hmm. when she put it in, it was like, it stung like a, like a, like it was like a burning and stinging. It was like a sharp pain. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I can't take much more of this. And then right when I thought that she already had pulled the needle out. That is terrible. Yeah. And I, I told Tracy, this friend of the show, Tracy, and she said hers didn't hurt at all. So I don't know what the hell. <laughs> did she get the same thing as you? She did get the same thing as me. Yeah. She said it did not hurt at all when they were injecting her. I'm like, then what the hell happened with, with me? Maybe they just got you somewhere weird. Weird muscle or something. I don't know. And then, of course, like, they make you wait 15 minutes after you get the vaccine just to make sure you don't have a severe reaction. So, uh, both my parents, uh, they skipped out on the 15 minute wait because my parents are rebels and they don't care (laughs) about having a severe reaction, I guess. So so when I was sitting there and they got their vaccine ages ago, so I was sitting there alone and I'm like, yeah, I think after I I was in line, I mean, and I was like, yeah, I think maybe after five minutes, I'm just going to go. I don't think I need to stay the full 15. And then as I was waiting in line, a girl fainted and collapsed in front of me. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm staying the full 15. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. So I saw them guiding her and she was walking like she was drunk. And I was like, what's happening? And then she just collapsed and she had like five nurses around her. They caught her before she fell. But one of the nurses, of course, dropped her her little pad, her little computer pad in the process. And it's this big empty gym. It's not empty. It's this big gym. So it made this huge clattering noise. So, of course, everyone's looking at this poor girl right now. Oh. 
and they put her behind a privacy screen, but the privacy screen was right in front of me and I could see everything that was happening. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, and they were like holding, like feeling her heartbeat by like, like putting their hands on her chest. She was fine. She walked out with her boyfriend at the end, but I was just like, "Mm, this is great. Really feel encouraged about getting my shot in two seconds after watching this this happened right in front of my eyes. This Albert Brooks movie of a fantasy <laughs> trip that you had. What? Oh my god, I love cartoon. you. <laughs> like, I so can't that, believe that. Yeah, neither could I, because I hadn't heard anything like that happening. And I don't know if it was like she saw the needle and was trying to hold it in, or if she actually had a reaction to the vaccine. I'm not sure. So, but yeah, it it literally happened right in front of me. I'm like, wow, this is great. And I stayed the full 15 minutes down to the second before I left. (laughs) Good for you. That was the smart thing to do anyway. No shade on your parents, but like, you gotta listen to the doctors. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, uh, when we get together next time to record, you're going to tell me, have to tell me how your first shot experience uh, went as well. I don't expect anything except maybe a little minor arm pain. I'm more nervous about the second shot because that's the one where I've been hearing people getting side effects. Um, So I'm not worried, but I am a little nervous in general because uh, despite my three tattoos, I don't like needles. Mm. I'm just, I, I know that it's, you know, there shouldn't be a fear of needles, but to me, getting a tattoo is a little different and it doesn't squick me out in the same way as getting a shot. Well, you don't really see the needle when you're getting a tattoo. You right? don't. Yeah, it's you like a don't. little gun and it's yeah. moving so fast and it's like, eh, you know, it's just like a little, it's just, it's almost like a, a fancy pen. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really mind the pain, uh, but I don't know, something about shots just squick me out real bad. Oh, man. Yep, getting that tomorrow afternoon. So I'm sure it'll go fine. But yeah, the second shot is the one I'm more nervous about. Yeah. My dad said the second shot burned when he it went into him. Oh. But my mom said she felt nothing. So I have no idea. It's, it really depends on what kind of who you are, I guess. It varies so, so much from person to person. Yeah, because my grandma had no... Uh, she didn't tell me anything happened with her. She didn't talk about any pain. She didn't talk about any side effects. She was fine. So my I don't aunt. know which one she got. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe Pfizer? I feel like Pfizer is more widely available than Moderna. Okay. That's probably what she got. Hmm. Uh, my aunt has a theory as to why certain people of a certain age don't have as a severe reaction as younger people it's because they've lived longer and they've seen things that's kind of what i was thinking too i think she's right like yeah i've only heard of young people getting the side effects yeah i once she said it i was like you know what yeah i mean tech you mean just literally you've been on the earth longer you've been exposed to more illness than i have and that's why i think like my parents and like uh my aunt and uncle they had very little side effects My dad had the worst side effect, and that was he couldn't lift his arm after the first shot for one day. That was it. That sucks. Yeah. I took the day after off, not because of... Well, 
I thought about it later. I actually have more appointments on that day, so I took the day off. But then I was like, oh, good. If I have side effects, I'll have the day off. So That is so smart. And I wish I would have done that as well. Because I was just like, I almost like crashed my head onto my computer. That's how fatigued I was the day That's after. terrible. I still have to make, I have two appointments after that day. So I hope I can make it okay. Um... We'll see. I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. Please do. And that has been Vaccine Chat. <laughs> <laughs> it did make me happy to see that there were so many young people out there getting the vaccine. That made me happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a must. Like, mm-hmm. I've got one person in my life that was like, I just don't think I'm getting it. And I'm like, why? Well, I didn't need a flu shot this is not the flu this is covid (laughs) yeah and i just read something on pbs uh email that i get that the variant the more contagious variant is now the dominant covid illness that's spreading around the united states so So this is the vaccine for that one i think this vaccine helps fight it it's just the variant of this one is just that it spreads faster than the original one Mm. easier even even after you're vaccinated, keep wearing your masks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be wearing my mask every flu season, no matter what. So Yeah. You might not see me without a mask. I'm going full katana after this. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel the same way as a germaphobe who rarely gets sick. I'm kind of like, why weren't we wearing masks all along here in America? Yeah, it helps so much. I I don't understand it either. I mean, like, we're all addicted to hand sanitizer even before this and it's like we weren't wearing masks man it just helps with allergies yeah it helps it really makes a difference i haven't caught a cold in a year and a half oh that's so awesome i really like wearing masks too because i'm like you don't get to see my face look away i'm mysterious (laughs) i'm a mysterious stranger yes mysterious stranger in a medical mask (laughs) ignore these uh these uh ninja stars i also have that's unrelated yes this this uh (laughs) scythe i'm carrying around is completely (laughs) unrelated to the mask also my mask has uh, a rainbow pattern on it and i'm still mysterious (laughs) oh man um i started playing animal crossing new leaf again oh yeah how's that going it's so fucking fun. I Aww. liked New Horizons, but there's so many little things that they just didn't have that I missed. And uh, my roommate, Josh, is also playing it. And the funny thing is he'll, like, just say some little sa- side remark about, like, oh, I uh, got to see my mail get delivered. You didn't get that in New Horizons. Why wasn't that in New Horizons? <laughs> and, like, <laughs> just little things make him like upset about new horizons so that kind of made me laugh because i'm like that's how i felt this whole time yeah uh, i'm sad they cut out those pelicans like what yeah, was that about pelicans and brewster and i like having the main street and yeah there's a lot of little stuff like it's just it's a better game in my opinion so hmm. yeah i'm replaying that with my roommate and we're gonna have a good time i just restarted yesterday Nice. So who's uh who who was in your little town? I've got a penguin named Frigga. Ooh. Uh, yep. A sporty frog named Frobert. 
Uh, <laughs> what a cute name. <laughs> this adorable black and white dog named Walker, who's kind of a ditz. Oh, Walker um, also is in my New Horizons island right now. Oh, isn't Walker just a delight? Yes, I like him. Uh, who else lives in my town? Quilson is moving in. I don't know who Quilson is. I gotta look him up. Okay. Uh, and then a little mouse named Penelope, who's just a big snob. And uh, Vladimir the bear, who I'm probably going to kick out because I Mm. just don't like the way he looks. (laughs) He was actually one of my starter villagers when I first played New Leaf uh, all those years ago. (laughs) Yep, he's one of mine now. Mm, Nice. Yep, and the cool thing about restarting, I, I totally forgot they did this, but like when you delete your old town... Tom Nook comes out and he's like, I can appraise it and buy it from you. So I start out rich. Nice. That is, that's very helpful in New Leaf. I'm already a multimillionaire. (laughs) I live in in a tent and I'm a multimillionaire. Oh, it's beautiful. You'll have to keep me posted on who else moves into your, into your village. Cause I, I love hearing about villagers and stuff. Oh, definitely. I will totally keep you posted. It's been a delight. I am currently struggling through the latest Crash Bandicoot game that was released. And I don't know why I keep going back to Crash Bandicoot, because then when I go back to it, I'm like, how does anyone enjoy this fucking game? It's <laughs> so hard. It's so hard. I've I, never played a Crash, Crash Bandicoot. I've never played one. I just like, it's so fucking hard. Cause, like, I, bought, I bought the remastered ones, one, two, and three. I barely made it through those. I'm like, I don't know how I did it when I was younger. It's <laughs> And then this fourth one is like, I'm on the last level and it's taking me forever to do the last level because it is just so abysmally fucking hard. And I finally looked up a video to try and see how to get past this one part because I'm so close to the end. And it's just this guy breezing through it. He's like, it's hard, but you'll get used to it. I'm like, this isn't helpful at all, you piece of no, shit. No, I hate that attitude amongst <laughs> the gamer type. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I think, like, I was struggling uh, playing the, the final level in Mario uh, Super 3D World, which was Champion's Road. But I made it through fucking Champion's Road. And I would play, Champion's Road looks like easy peasy bullshit compared to, like, a middle level in Crash Bandicoot. And I can't believe it. And the thing about Crash Bandicoot that really annoys me is as the levels progress and they get harder... Like, they want you to be quick and also think on your feet. Like, like they want you to, like, figure it out, but also be fast about it. And I'm like, I can't do both. I'm like, are you yeah. kidding me? I need some time to think about this. But it's like, oh, you can't think about, you can't let the platform go back up and down a couple times and think about it because there's lasers at the top. And I'm like, I oh, fucking hate you. But I'm, I'm determined so to finish it. <laughs> I hope you do. Good luck. Because, yeah, I'm terrible at platformers. <laughs> I don't know how I played them so well as a kid. Because, like, I remember beating, like, Super Mario World back in the day. And, like, playing it as an adult, I can't get past the second level. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, third. what One is going on? Like, I can't. I, I was just so flabbergasted at how hard this game is. And, I, and I'm a little forgiving, I guess, because Crash has kind of built up this reputation of being, like, a legitimately hard platformer, but I'm like, mm-hmm. at the expense of having fun, get out of here. Right. Jeez. You want to have fun. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. I, I can't abide those kinds of games. I really can't. 
I'm really looking forward to uh, the relaxing experience of Pokemon Snap when it comes out. Ooh, yeah. I started playing uh, Pokemon Shield. Oh, how do you like it? I like it a lot. It, I just got my uh, water badge. I have my two badges. I'm on my way to the fire badge. I got Stunfish, and I picked the grass starter, Grookey, who is now Thwacky. Um, who else is on my team? Corvusquire, which is this big bird. Um, I used to have this electric corgi called a Yamper. Oh, I love Yamper. Um, Yamper's so cute. I replaced Yamper with a toxic electric uh, a poison electric one named Toxel. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I'm very excited to get further into that cause I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's a really good game. I played it for a long time after I beat the main story just because I thought it was so much fun. That's awesome. Video games. <laughs> I think I actually might, uh, I'm not a big fan of first-person horror games, but I might actually buy that Resident Evil one. It looks really good. You should go for it. They keep releasing releasing trailers for it, and it looks like a lot of fun. That giant woman is so intriguing. You gotta play it. I gotta yeah. know, because I won't play it. You know I won't play it. I'm a <laughs> baby, little widow baby. Uh, so if you play it, I want to hear all about it. It's hard for me, though, because uh, the only other first-person horror game I played was uh, P.T., and that nearly killed me. P.T. was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was so unnerving. How? I just don't know how they made a, a hallway loop the most unnerving thing on the planet. I, I'll That's never figure it out. Are, houses are scary. That's true. That's true. They just are. Fact. <laughs> It's in the Bible. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, let's move on to our regulars after our little video game chats. And uh, what was the last movie you watched? I started a very long Mark Cousins documentary on the Criterion channel called Women Make Film. Ooh. Tell me more. It's in installments. I can't remember how long it is exactly, but it's all about women filmmakers and just like how they've influenced film history in their own unique way. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. It's narrated by Tilda Swinton. Um, I think I'm three hours in and yeah, it's really cool. Like just learning about people I've never heard of and uh, learning more about filmmakers that I, I'm just starting to discover like Agnes Varda and um, Larissa Shepko. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, I don't really have too much to say about it, but if you have the Criterion channel, it's worth your time. Awesome. What was the last movie you watched? Well, predictably, I watched Godzilla v. Kong. Ooh, I haven't watched it yet. It is a fun movie. This new franchise of uh, kaiju movies that Legend... Legend? Is that the name of the legendary? I think it's the name of the production company that have been doing. Yeah. They've all been a lot of fun. And this is another fun installment into that. I I really enjoyed it. I, uh, I really like their fight scenes. And then, of course, there's, you know a secret and I mean it's pretty obvious <laughs> if you're a fan of Godzilla but I, it was just a lot of fun I really liked it uh 
<laughs> I I want to go back and just like start watching all these Godzilla movies I bought from that Criterion Collection box set. Oh, and, did you uh, get the pretty box set? I did get that. We have it too. Nice. I started watching it a while ago and then I fell off it like a fool, but I need to go back and finish it. <laughs> like a fool. <laughs> oh, you're so silly. Um, speaking of Godzilla, my town tune in Witch House, my, my town in New Leaf, the battle theme from the original Godzilla movie. Bless. Love it. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. And another movie I watched to prepare me for the April release is I watched an animated film that came out last year called Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. <laughs> and it's basically like a quick retelling of the first Mortal Kombat game uh, with from Scorpion's kind of point of view. And it's super bloody and amazing. And I loved it. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that. That sounds fascinating. Dude, it's like they did the kind of uh, when you're breaking bone, like, x-ray shots, like, in the game. Ah, it was perfect. Yuck. (laughs) And uh, it's going to prepare me for this uh, Mortal Kombat movie that's coming out this month, which is the first rated R Mortal Kombat movie we're ever getting. And I'm very excited about it. I don't think it looks that good, but I'm still going to watch it. Are you kidding me? It looks like shit. I can't wait I to watch to it. Yeah, it's going to be bad, but it's going to be good, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, that's, yeah. That's basically how it goes. But as long as they <laughs> have good fight scenes, good kills, I don't give a shit. I, I am here for it. And Scorpion is a good character to focus on. So I'm glad they did that in the animated show because he actually has a very tragic uh, backstory. And uh, it makes for good storytelling, which is why I don't understand out of the two like ninja characters they had in Mortal Kombat, why is Sub-Zero more popular? He is literally so boring compared to Scorpion. <laughs> Scorpion would, know. in his fatality, Scorpion would rip off his mask and he was just a skull underneath and he'd burn you alive. And yet Sub-Zero is more popular. Every guy can go die. I am so stupid. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't really have strong opinions on the ninjas. I was there for Raiden. Raiden was always my favorite. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Raiden's cool, though. Raiden's fucking cool. Raiden's in the movie. Yeah. Raiden has to be in the movie. He's like the guardian of the Earth realm. Mm-hmm. Just wa- if we get to see him electrocute someone and their head explodes, like in scanners, I'll be happy. Oh, you know it's gonna happen. <laughs> I fully expect it. If it's not there, it won't be a good movie. True, true. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Oh, Badland girl. girl. That's, that's my, jam. my jam. Destiny, what's your jam? Well, it finally happened. My <laughs> jam, my jam is a song that I found on TikTok. <laughs> oh my god, what is it? <laughs> it's uh it's called I dress uh no 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 excuse me the song is called jealous and the band is called i dress and it's it's used in videos where like people are talking about being jealous of someone so like it starts out with this post-punk riff that's like and (laughs) one of the lyrics is i don't care and it's just perfect for videos where you're just like i don't give a shit Um, Love it. And I can't 
can't resist a post-punk riff. Uh, anything that sounds like The Cure, I'm like, ooh, I like it. <laughs> uh, it's pretty. So, yeah, I've been listening to this song on loop. It's uh, the uh, musician behind I Dress is actually based in the Philippines. Ooh. Yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that. I do. Um, as our resident Filipina. Yep. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's just this really catchy song and it's very moody and I'm into it. Uh, nice. I hope it's, I don't know, there's something very silly about being 35 and being like, TikTok, but I'm enjoying myself with the app. It's, it's brought hey, me man. a lot of glee. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? I've learned a lot about myself through the algorithm. So. That's good. <laughs> it's good. telling me all kinds of things I didn't know about myself so I'm just like okay TikTok we'll get into that another episode when I'm ready to talk about it but okay. there's there's some things happening at, at Destiny headquarters oh <laughs> I'm intrigued you'll learn off mic I just uh, don't want to talk about it on the podcast <laughs> no I understand <laughs> <laughs> What's your jam? My jam is uh hold on a second. Boop boop ba doop boop. Vamping, I'm vamping, I'm vamping, I'm vamping, vamp, 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 vamping. <laughs> yeah. It Mine's is actually vamp. It is uh I have I had like a few that I was kind of cycling through, but I really want to talk about this with you. I want to talk about Montero Call Me By Your Name by Little Nas X, because that song okay. rules. Yeah, it's a fucking banger. Uh, being on TikTok, I can't escape it. It is like every other video is a fucking call me by your name on tarot joke where, you know, you're in the background is the person in hell mm-hmm. and they're talking, trying to convince them like why they shouldn't be in hell or just having an argument of some kind. And then little Nas X comes down on his pole and they're just like shocked. They're like, whoa. <laughs> Uh, that's, so that's the meme. I just explained the meme. I'm officially a millennial. No, um, that's fine. <laughs> you didn't uh, do. I didn't know what it was. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, no, I really like the song. The video is a lot of fun. I, uh, love that he's sparked a satanic panic in 2021. Cause I didn't expect that to happen. Oh, I love it. That's like a huge reason why I love this song. And I just, I'm like, oh, thank you for bringing satanic panic back. Oh, uh, I didn't know people cared. I, I thought you Christians hated Satan. Like, why would it offend you if he lap danced on Satan if you don't like him? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have always been a fan of uh, Little Nas's aesthetics. He has a real eye for uh, kind of like design and style. And I've always really enjoyed that about him. And he just never disappoints. The, the style and his outfits in this in this music video were just amazing. I really liked it. Very didn't visual he, artist, and I, I enjoy that a lot about him. Didn't he co-direct this video, too? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Like, I just, I really like, I love a good BDSM aesthetic. I love a good hell aesthetic. I love I'm, religious imagery. That's always spoken to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah, mean, like, great. you know, you're doing, you're doing well that not only you sparked a satanic panic, but if people are comparing your video as the modern day, like a prayer, you've made it. 
You can retire. Ooh, I didn't even think of that, but that's totally what's happening. See, children, back in 1989, <laughs> Madonna made a music video for a song called Like a Prayer off the album, Like a Prayer, where she like made out with a black saint and stood in front of burning crosses dancing. And it was super provocative. And Pepsi dropped her sponsorship, I believe, because of this. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And well, because they used it in uh, before the video came out, they were using it in Pepsi commercials. And then when the video came out, like, you know, they, you know, all the religious people made a hubbub and uh, she lost a lot of support which wasn't her, her first brush with that that had been like the third time she had come up against the catholic church in her career and it was only 1989 <laughs> and she wasn't done that's the thing about i could never hate madonna because she just was always that she was always pulling that shit and she never gave a shit either mm-hmm. like people would come like i feel like other artists would be like i'm sorry for doing this La, la, she la, la, never apologized. No, she didn't fucking give a shit. And that's no. one of the things I really like about Madonna as well. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, but Lil Nas X is uh, Montero. Did you see the letter he wrote to his 14-year-old self about it? I did not. He wrote this, like, really short and sweet letter to his 14-year-old self that was like, we wrote a song with our name in it and... I know we weren't supposed to come out in this way and be this kind of gay person, but we're going to help a lot of queer artists with this. Okay. Yeah. He's a sweetie. He's like, uh, deep down beneath his like goofy exterior. He's a real sweetie. (laughs) Yeah. I enjoyed, uh, after the, yeah, he is right. And he, he's like pulling no punches. Cause I did see the tweet. Where he said, you guys can just stay mad. This is for everyone who's ever had to hide themselves. And, you know, everyone who told me that I was nothing. And I just, like, I'm just like, that's awesome. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the shoes. We got to talk about the shoes. Yes. Well, first of all, his response to the shoes made me laugh really hard. Because he made a video that says, hey, I, I got to address this controversy. And then it just cut off. It just cut to him sliding down that pole in the video. <laughs> Yeah, he's been having a lot of fun with it on TikTok, too. Like, just reposting videos that people make with a song. And somebody made a cake with him sliding down into hell on it. And all kinds <laughs> of cute shit. But yeah, the shoes have the blood in them. I want these shoes. It was so funny because I was listening to Side Stories on last podcast. And Henry Zabrowski also really wants these shoes. <laughs> he's a sneakerhead. <laughs> yeah. Zabrowski's a sneakerhead. Like, that's something I found out just through, like, I think going through their Instagram or something. He's, like, mm. super into shoes. See, that that makes sense now that I know it. But, man, I also want... Who is... Is everyone stupid? What is wrong with having a drop of blood in the shoe? Relax. I mean, as long as it's not hurting anyone. I don't know. Yeah. It's an aesthetic. I, I, I can't stay mad at it like it doesn't bother me but then again i'm a heathen so (laughs) i've been told i've been going to hell my entire life and i'm i've made my peace with that yeah we'll slide down that pole Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm gonna learn how to pole dance so when i get to hell uh there will be no surprises (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> speaking of music, so a few weeks ago, uh, Desi and I uh, stumbled upon a playlist by Marcus Parks of Last Podcast on the Left, where he compiled like a hundred songs that he felt kind of defined and explained who he was. And this sounded like a really fun idea. And so Dusty and I decided to do the same. And so now we want to talk about some of the songs that we have put on this playlist that we feel like identify us or just some of our favorite songs, songs we return to, songs that, you know, give us joy. I just, it just It's just fun to make a playlist about songs that kind of you feel like this is my song. <laughs> yeah, this is me, you guys. Yeah, this is I express me. express it through song. I can't use words. I'm very curious. I'm, I'm very curious. What did you put as your first song? Did it not matter? Or did you... I'm just curious what you have. Oh, I was going to ask you the same question. Because okay. I like, picked my first song based on like if you could only hear one song on this place and go, oh, that's Destiny, then uh, the first song would be it. Uh, no Surprises by Radiohead. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, I also uh, did something similar with this, by the way, where I picked the first song if you... My first song is also if you didn't have to hear any of the other songs. But go ahead. I want to hear more about why you chose this song. Oh, uh, well, for those of you who haven't been listening to this podcast uh, since our days uh, before we joined the Abnormal Mapping Network, I uh, have been a Radiohead fan since I was 14 years old. And their album, OK Computer, is like, it's not even my favorite Radiohead album, but it's the one I probably listen to the most just because of the nostalgic factor of hearing it uh for the first time and just completely melting uh and falling in love with it so uh and no surprises uh is just a big part of that like to me that is one of the epitome like uh what's the word i want it is just the song from that album and so i wanted to include it um, by the way, what did you title your playlist? Mine is called Intro to Destiny. Mine's called Meet Rhea D. Oh, cute. <laughs> <clears throat> What's your first song? My first song is Girl You Want by Devo. And specifically the version that they re-recorded for the Tank Girl movie from the 90s. Uh, the original Girl You Want song is a little fast and kind of new wavy. But this uh, cover, well, this re-record they did is slower and heavier and just kind of Joan Jett-esque in its kind of cool swagger. And I've always loved this song. And I feel like it kind of defines the kind of things I like where, you know, it's tied to a movie, a movie that was a cult movie of all things. And I've always really liked Devo and just it's about a girl you know, this really cool girl that everybody wants. And one of my favorite uh, lyrics is, uh, you know, she sends out an aroma of undefined lust. It drips on down in a mist from above. She's just the girl, the girl you want. <laughs> it's a great song. Devo is so good. I'm oh, yeah. I'm a little disappointed I didn't put any Devo songs on mine. Because, like, Are We Not Men, We Are Devo is... uh one of my favorite albums. Nice. I actually started with a Devo song and I ended with a Devo song. My last song 
is my all-time favorite Devo song, which is Beautiful World. Nice. And I just, that song is just, I love a song that's kind of, you know, angry and depressing, but it has, like, the best, like, dance beat. So <laughs> Tears for Fears is my jam, always. They had the saddest fucking songs, but they were so dancey. I love that too, uh, but I think for my last song, I just went with straight up depressing. I went with "Say Yes" by Elliot Smith. Oh no, <laughs> which is like actually a happy song, but Elliot Smith is so like everything around him is so sad. Just the way he died and the way mm-hmm. his voice sounds, and yeah, his sparse guitar that him saying "I'm in love" just sounds so tragic. You're like, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> Did you have multiple artists show up on yours? Like, or excuse me, not multiple artists, uh, multiple songs by the same artist? You know, not very many. I made a kind of a point to not have too many of the same artist show up on my list. Otherwise, it would have just been overtaken, I felt like, because I could easily do, like, Ramones or La Tigra and just have half the songs be that. So I I picked like a song that I, it was like half what my favorite song was and then half like a song that I felt like defined who I was. Like uh, there's a, like for La Tigra, despite loving them their whole career, I chose FYR because that was the first song I really got into by them. And uh, I like your thinking. My first, like I have like my playlist is like split into chunks And, like, my first chunk are all of these, like, women rock and roll songs. So I have, like, Bad Reputation, uh, Boys Wanna Be Her, The Donna's, X-Hex, Girl School. And then it shifts into all these uh, retro, I guess, songs from, like, the 50s and 60s. Like, Connie Francis, Jillian Hills, a couple, like, Ye Ye songs and British 60s songs and stuff like that and then from there it goes into like my pop section which is all over the place (laughs) with k-pop and like britney spears and stuff like that nice and then from there it goes into my garage rock loves which is just from like modern garage rock to stuff from the 1960s and then it goes into my kind of like movie theme love so some musical stuff some just themes from movies that I really liked. And then uh, does a short transition into kind of like singer-songwriter territory with like Joan Baez, Vashti Bunyan, into country, and then into... Uh, oh, goodness. What do you call this? Into kind of soul music, funk, and then into disco, into electronic, into comedy, into jazz And then it ends with Beautiful World. (laughs) I like it. It's like a tour around a record shop of your life. Aw, that's so cool. Thank you. I uh, uh, counted how many Radiohead songs I put on this while you were talking. There's five Radiohead Mm -hmm. songs on it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, though. What are the other Uh, Radiohead songs you put on there? uh, I put... Oh, goodness. Permanent Daylight, which is a B-side that uh, I remember it being compared to the Sonic Youth song. 
Uh, it's got a lot of um, reverb, and it's just very... Uh, well, I use this word to describe my taste in music all the time, but it's very moody. I love a mood. Um, what other Radiohead songs? I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Anyone can play guitar from their first album, which isn't like the strongest album, but the first lyric is Tom York singing my name. Ooh. Which always gave me a thrill as a child. It's a very cheesy song. It's like, if the world is churn and if London burns, I'll be standing on the beach with my guitar. I'm going to be in a band when I get to heaven. Anyone can play guitar and they, uh, anyone can play guitar and they won't be, there won't be a nothing anymore. I don't know what the fuck he's singing about. It's a weird song, but, uh, <laughs> he sings my name. He says, destiny, destiny, protect me from the world. Very first. And lyric. you do. If they ever do it live, I'll die on the spot. Ooh. <laughs> talk show host from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack optimistic from Kid A which is like oh just so good uh, I just I love Radiohead did I mention I love Radiohead yes <laughs> yes you did I also love David Bowie. I put two David Bowie songs on here. Uh, Rock and Roll Suicide, which is the second track, which is just him kind of screaming affirmations. It's beautiful. Uh, and the other David Bowie song is scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Always Crashing in the Same Car from the Low album, which is on the the a side of low um and i don't know why this song in particular it's it's kind of about being in a rut and he recorded it at the time when he was like in germany trying to get off drugs and i think he was spending a lot of time with iggy pop they might have been doing more drugs i don't actually remember my, <laughs> my david bowie biography is a little spotty uh, oh but my yeah God. so <laughs> i'm pretty sure this song is about that struggle and i as someone who often feels like she's in a rut, I relate. So I was like, this will be a good one for the playlist. Nice. I'm trying to think. Did I put any, like, movie songs that mean anything to me? And I can't say... Oh, I did! I put at least two. Uh, three, actually. Oh, what are they? Uh, what are they? <laughs> Tonight is what it means to be young by Fire Inc. from the Streets of Fire soundtrack. Oh my god, I love you. I can't believe you put this on there. Wow. <laughs> that, that song is so good. And it represents my love of cult movies. And so that was the song that I picked. Oh. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then the sole classical track is Spartacus uh, by Aram Kachurian. Which was in the movie The Hudsucker Proxy, which is my favorite Coen Brothers film. That is such a good Coen Brothers film, though. It's so good. It's Tim Robbins, and he's trying to move, or he moves up in the business world through this, like, Putney Swope type scheme where he's scammed into being the CEO of his company, and they screw him over. And Jennifer Jason Lee is in it, doing this, like, crazy Catherine Hepburn impersonation. And, oh, it's so good. Uh, 
I'm Mariposa by Pedro Luis Ferrer, which is in the Before Night Falls soundtrack, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's Javier Bardem playing um, Ronaldo Arnas, who was a Cuban writer who uh, just suffered under the... He he suffered under Castro as a homosexual Mm. and struggled to get his books published and the movies about that. And uh, it's a really beautiful film but yeah so those are my like movie representation songs nice did uh what's what are some of the soundtrack songs you picked for yours what curious oh sure so my big one is the love theme from blade runner which is that saxophone heavy track where rachel goes over to his house and they they have sex and then he dreams of a unicorn in the director's cut and the director's cut's the superior cut (laughs) yes throw that out there sorry (laughs) Sorry, haters. How can you watch the other one? It doesn't make sense. I just don't. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, and I've always loved that. I've uh, Vangelos was a huge presence in my life growing up because my mom was a huge fan of his work because of his soundtrack for Blade Runner. And his love theme from that is so beautiful. And uh, I could listen to it any day. And then I also have a James Bond theme on here. I have Moonraker by Shirley Bassey, which she's sung a lot of the great, you know, Bond themes. But for some reason, Moonraker, while not the best movie, the song is just so pretty. And I, I have always really liked the intro of it. And I just think it's such a pretty song. And it's about the moon. And I like the moon. So (laughs) I like the moon. I have a whole playlist about the moon. I also have uh, Hopelessly Devoted to You because Greece was a huge part of my life when I was in middle school and high school. And I just love that song. I loved when I found out that it was written specifically for Olivia Newton-John. It's not actually in the stage musical. And I love that it became a huge hit and it really plays to her strengths because it's a little bit country, like a country ballad. And I just always loved her voice. And I love that song. That's cool. Uh, I'm curious uh, as to like what songs on your list have like lyrics that are like your absolute favorite lyrics. Oh, we're getting into this. This is going to be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where should I start? Should I start? Hmm. Well, there's uh, Sufjan Stevens' Fourth of July off of his album Carrie and Lowell. He wrote it after his mother Carrie died. And there's a lyric in the chorus. Uh, what did we learn from the, Tillamook, the Tillamook burn and the Fourth of July? We're all going to die. And the chorus is him just repeating, we're all going to die, which is like the number one fact of life. Um and so when I'm feeling like I got to humble myself and remember my mortality, I think of that lyric. Um, that's like something that's important to me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Are you kidding me? That's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, another one is uh, These Days by Nico, who was like this German chanteuse. She was on the first Velvet Underground album. 
and uh, hold on, I'm pulling up the lyrics because I don't want to get this wrong. But the very last line in the song is her saying, please don't confront me with my failures. I had not forgotten them. Oh, that lyric always cuts me deep, too. Uh, that's just such a ouch. Like, just someone yeah. who's been through some shit. And it's like, yeah, please don't do this. Um, I could go on about lyrics. I have Shoo Shoo's I Love the Valley O, which is probably the most intense song on my playlist. So there's this line where he just says, there's a heart that you made. It's a heart and the both of you made it and I won't rest until I break it. And it's, I think this is about his parents because he lost both of his parents close together. And I don't know that just, that one cuts me deep. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like really intense ouchy lyrics <laughs> in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> So there's a lot of that happening on this playlist. Just a lot of it. There's Cold War by Janelle Monet. I won't get into all the lyrics on that, but that whole song is about just hiding who you are. And uh, there's a point in the video. I don't know if you remember the video for this song, but it's her standing there. It's just a close up on her face, super close up. And when she gets to the line, I was made to believe there's something wrong with me. She burst into tears I do remember that. Yeah. Ah, just all the feelings. All the feelings. Oh man, that video is intense. Just that that yeah. simple video. Oh. Mhm. Yeah. So I put that song on the playlist. Um, it's early on. There's this Nina Simone song called "Stars." It's the uh version she did when she was performing live in Switzerland, and it's a cover of a Janice Ian song. But there's this spin that she puts on it because she forgets the lyrics halfway through. Oh. And she wants to... Yeah, it like, it's weird. It's weirdly touching. She just kind of... Kind of improvises through the whole song. And uh, she wants to talk about racism, but she doesn't really have the words. And she says something like, I'd like to say something about what's happening in the United States today and permeating Switzerland. And it goes... And she kind of fades out and then the piano comes in and it's like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I got some songs. Some uh, That was my big uh, Black Struggle song. And then Charade by D'Angelo, the Charade by D'Angelo off of his album Black Messiah are like two songs about blackness that I was like, I got to put these on here. So they're on there my playlist i promise it's like got a good vibe and it's fun to like listen to it's not all like downer lyrics but uh i also like the music where the lyrics are downer and the music is peppy so there's a lot of that happening uh so you won't want to slit your wrist listening to it (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) Well, my favorite song on here with my favorite lyrics is Ode to Billy Joe by Bobby Gentry. And that's just my all-time favorite uh, song lyric song. It's a storytelling song and it is sad, but I love it. That is one of my all-time favorite songs. I didn't put it on the playlist because I couldn't find a place for it to fit, but it's beautiful. Speaking of country music... 
Cocated Rhinestones is back. Really? The podcast? Yes. Yes. Oh. Finally. (laughs) Uh, For those of you who don't know, it's just this amazing country music history podcast that's like one guy just researching all of it by himself, which is why it took him two years between, almost three years between seasons. And uh, it's back. It's finally back. Oh. Well, good. Good for that. I know he's into listen to that podcast. I remember you recommending it on an old episode of Battle Girls and I never got around to it. If you're going to start, start with the episode about that song. Okay. I will. It's so good. You learn all this shit about her career and like, you probably already know most of it, but just like the story around that song and there's a lot of contention around like who actually wrote it and it it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Nice. Yeah. I really love that song. And just the way she, her kind of like voice drops when she sings that the day Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. I've always really liked that. And then the, really, uh, like there's a lot of other songs in here where I love the lyrics like Diamonds and Rust, which is the best song of, about Bob Dylan that he never, he never wrote by Joan Baez. And then, um, but I really, I'm, I'm drawn to this song from Steven Universe uh, it was an episode that was kind of like a fun episode about kind of mimicking a musical. Uh, it was after uh, Stephen's dad, Greg, came into a lot of money. And he, him and Stephen and Pearl went into the city to, you know, become big spenders and spend all this money. And Stephen has an ulterior motive. He wants Pearl and Greg to kind of uh, bury the hatchet so to speak, because they have this gigantic rift between them because they were both in love with Rose. And at one point, Pearl sings this song called It's Over, Isn't It? And it is probably, in a a show filled with amazing songs, it is my absolute favorite because it's just, uh, it's just Pearl kind of ruminating on her relationship with Rose and how it doesn't matter anymore and that it's like, fully over and it was like the one thing she keeps singing is like singing over and over she's like over and over again is it's over isn't it why can't i move on and Aww. yeah and just like it's like she's like how she's like something pe- like how can i live in this world without her like petty i feel petty and cruel with the nerve to doubt her it's like, what does it matter? It's already done. And now I've got to be there for her son. It is like, Pearl had some good jams, but this song is just my absolute favorite. It's so meaningful and deep and really kind of, I feel like really shows how emotionally deep Steven Universe was as a cartoon. And I absolutely love that song. Yeah, no, that is um, a really beautiful song. I really like it. So, uh, bef- to close out on our little playlist, what is, what are you, first of all, before I forget, as I was scrolling through this, I realized there is one artist that has three songs on here and I didn't notice and it is Taylor Swift. <laughs> I put, hilarious. I put one in the pop, I put them cause I put them in different sections. So I put, uh, her pop song style in the pop section and then I put, 
uh, holy ground in the singer-songwriter section, and then I put the story of us in the country section. And it's weird that she kind of can navigate all sections. And because uh, I really feel like all those, um, they're from three different albums, but they do kind of define different eras of her career, and they all have very different sounds, but you can tell it's still her, whatever. I haven't listened to her new re-release of her Fearless album yet, but I want to because there's a lot of guest artists on it that I like. Anyway, but... Before we close out, I wanted to know, like, what are your pump-up jams on, on your list? Um, did I include any? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, I put a couple of make-out jams. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I put Because the Night by Patti Smith, which is like. If I'm trying to hit on you and I make you a playlist and I put that song in it, that means I want to bone you. <laughs> Everyone knows now. Everyone make yep. out. Everyone knows. So no, the people who've gotten the, that specific song on a playlist, they know. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> um, let me think. Did I put a pump up song on here? I don't know if I was if that was the vibe I was going for. <laughs> Well, a song that just pumps you up. There's this very long, very beautiful Songs Ohio song called Farewell Transmission that does, like, pump me up in a weird way. I don't know. I can't even explain. You just have to listen to it. Mm -hmm. I don't even... You're going to listen to it and you're going to go, she's weird. But (laughs) (laughs) that's probably the closest you get on this album. (laughs) And maybe Hey by the Pixies because it's uh, got such a groove to it. Nice. Do you have any cover songs on yours? Do I have any cover songs? That's a good question. I actually do not have any cover songs. What about you? I have one. I have uh, Nirvana's cover of David Bowie's The Man Who Sold the World, which has always been one of my favorite songs. Nice. Don't tell David Bowie, but I prefer it to the David Bowie version. I won't tell. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, one of my pump-up jams is an old, old popular garage rock hit called Have Love Will Travel. Every time I listen to that song, I just get super pumped. And it is one of the best classic garage rock songs of the 1960s. And I love it. I love it. I do like that song. That is a good song. You got good I also... Yes. Thank you. I also have, uh, weirdly, uh, uh, this song always gets me pumped up. And I don't know why, because it's not, it's not technically a pump-up song. I Would Die For You by Prince. It's a great song. <laughs> you put that, like, you think it would be Let's Go Crazy, but no, it's this one. I'm like, I hear it. I start kicking over shit. I'm like, I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. You know, just. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. You know, I get it. I like Prince tattoo. You know, I get it. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> my my soul Prince song is Take Me With You, which I have on there uh, purely because it reminds me of my mom. There's something very like uh, she used to write songs and try to send them to Prince when she was a teenager. I love this. I never knew this about her. Oh, she was Aww. a little cheese ball. And there's something <laughs> about that song that just reminds me of like something a kid would write because he says something like, I don't care if we spend the night in your mansion. Oh, <laughs> about the person he's uh, in love with. And it just, it, it, I don't care where we go. I don't care what we do. I don't care. Pretty baby. Just take me with you. And I don't know. Something about that reminds me of teenage mom. So I put it on. Oh, <laughs> I love it. 
my last pump up jam that I want to talk about is uh, another old uh, garage rock hit. Because apparently you just play garage rock and Rhea just starts kicking shit over and just going crazy. And it is uh, Hold Tight, which is the song that was used in Death Proof, the movie, um, when he crashed into all those girls for the first time in the first part of it. What's and the band that song that did that song? They have a ridiculous name. Yes, it's Dave D. Dozy Beaky Mick and Tick. Yeah. British people. So I mean, Yes, I love that song. Sorry. And to be honest with you, I think that is my favorite uh, Quentin Tarantino movie is Death Proof. Uh, Jackie Brown is up there as well because I really love Jackie Brown. But there's something about Death Proof, man. I it's really in, love that movie. It's in my top three, like... My favorite being Jackie Brown, second favorite being Django Unchained, mm. third probably being Death Proof, and then those just switch around, but they're always yeah. in the top three. Uh, see, I love that you have like a more modern one. I think my more modern one of his is probably Kill Bill. I love Kill well, Bill. It's probably in the top five. I mean, I know he hasn't made that many movies. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I uh, he's a mixed bag for me. Like... Mm. Like lately, I I didn't like his most recent film, but oh, I did I did like that one though. Oh, that's okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I really really like Death Proof, so I'm glad. And also, yeah, the man knows how to put a soundtrack together, as everyone knows. Yeah. Oh man. But anyway, uh, any last thoughts you want to say about your playlist before we share them with the world? We'll have the links on the episode page so you guys can listen to our wonderful playlist we have created. I definitely was going for a vibe. I hope it was a good one. Uh, I have a buttload of playlists that I need to make public because I do have one just of songs that do pump me up when I like work out and shit. I should put mm-hmm. that on there. Uh, but yeah, no, I had fun putting this together. I might rearrange it before I make it public, but I'm definitely gonna uh, add some more stuff. You've kind of inspired me to go in some interesting directions. So yeah, I'll do that before I make it public, but I'm really, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun making this list. It was, it was just fun to kind of just revisit songs that have been in my repertoire for ages that I haven't thought about in a really long time. And then just kind of finding songs that had like one-off songs that had like a deep significance to me but like nothing else from that band did. So like Dreams by the Cranberries, deep significance for me, but only that song. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, no, I get that. I totally get that. That's funny. But yeah, I had a lot of fun doing this too. My first section is just all like women empowerment rock and roll jams. So I do have a playlist called Queens of Noise, which is all women rock and roll hits. And I'll probably make that public as well if anyone's interested in that. Nice. But yes, thank you for listening to our little adventure into our kind of playlists about ourselves. And uh, you can find these playlists and more information on the episode's webpage, which is abnormalmapping.com slash badlandgirls. And we are hosted by uh, Abnormal Mapping. So thank you, Abnormal Mapping. Check out their other podcasts they have, including the one Destiny's on which I forget the name of right now. Shame. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's called Repertory Screenings. Just... Repertory Screenings. You know what I was thinking? I had a song name stuck in my head, and I'm like, I know the name of their podcast is not Apparent Transparent. That is an angry angle song. That is hilarious. Um, 
Yeah, no, repertory screenings. We just did an episode about Fritz Lang's, uh, Fritz, Fritz Lang's M, which was one of the early sound films and also the blueprint for the sort of like manhunt crime thriller. Uh, one of my favorite movies uh, was Peter Lore. I need to watch it. I've never seen it. It's very good. Um, did I hook you up with my Criterion Channel password? <laughs> you did. You did. Okay. Just just watch it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good times. Great oldies. Criterion. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We got to isolate that and send it to him. Hey, we made an ad for you. Yep. So... <laughs> I didn't steal this from the local oldies radio station. <laughs> Have it. It's yours. Oh, man. And then uh, you can email us comments and questions at badlandgirls at gmail.com. And you can find this podcast syndicated on your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review Stitcher and Spotify. But until next time, always, always pizza, pizza rolls. rolls. Woohoo!